Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Digital Switch. How are you, Sonia? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Today, we are continuing our conversation. Just to quickly recap, in the last few episodes, we've been covering uh, some very, very pertinent topics in our show. And today, we are going to continue down that same path, talking about a very important topic here, uh, and that is, in essence, zero code. So, Sonia, why don't you tell us uh, who we have again today? So this week, we have Gengesh Ganesan back, who is Nova's founder and CEO. So welcome back. Thanks for coming on the show again. Um, Naveed and Sonia, great to be back on the show and talk about another interesting topic with you guys today. Excellent. So, Gengesh, let's start from the top. We, we always want to kind of um, set the definition straight from the get-go so that we don't lose anyone during these uh, long conversations that we have. So let's start from the basics. Let's talk about the concept of zero code. So I'm going to tell you what my understanding of it is and why it matters, and I'd love for you to kind of give us uh, your take as to why it should matter to, the, to our target audience. So in essence, this new uh, sort of approach to uh, solving some business challenges that might exist by the business users by allowing them to interact with the tools that they have in a zero or low code model um, is, is kind of a part of a larger evolutionary sort of trend, if you will, in um, the way we interact with the tools that we have. They're very, very specific tools that we use um, across the board, not just for enterprise users. But I want to kind of start off with, again, what does zero code mean to you and why does it matter to the business users in enterprises today? So, um, you know, just to kick it off here, as uh, as you just mentioned, uh, there's been a lot of development tools uh, that have been uh, incrementally and evolutionarily improving the productivity uh, of the development process itself. Uh, and uh, software development cycles, uh, software development life cycles have been studied at length. And, um, you know, various uh, efforts uh, in the industry um, have, uh, you know, gained prominence in the last, uh, you know, I would say 20, 30 years um, as people have built uh, higher and higher layers of abstractions into the applications uh, to make uh, reusability, uh, debuggability uh, and time to market uh, much better. So these are reasons why uh, tools have gotten uh, consistently better. Uh, a huge amount of emphasis um, in the last few years uh, has gone into making developer tools uh, highly productive. So you hear about all kinds of developer initiatives, uh, including uh, you know entirely new languages in which uh, many of the applications today are programmed. Um, and um, you know, so productor uh, pro uh, developer productivity has gone up uh, you know many fold. Now, when it comes to the kind of applications we are talking about, uh, where, you know, in the enterprise, there's a vast number of um, other, uh, you know, key stakeholders, uh, you know, for example, people uh, that are responsible for running the business, uh, people that may be part of the operations team, uh, people that may be part of a product or a client facing role, uh, people that might be in regulatory or other types of reporting type roles, uh, CFO organizations, uh, many of them uh, may have strong technical skills and technical background, but may, may not be actually full-fledged developers. So these are people uh, that have historically used tools like Microsoft Excel, 
um, and developed even complex Excel macros, uh, use some of the more powerful scripting capabilities that exist in Microsoft Excel, uh, but don't generally think of themselves as developers, uh, you know, they because they're actually more of business users um, that have strong, uh, you know, uh, analytic skills and technical skills to perform their jobs. So in the initiative that we are calling Zero Code Now, it's all about, um, you know, trying to enable these kinds of business users in complex enterprise application development scenario uh, to orchestrate, configure, uh, and set up business applications more dynamically uh, without actually coding. Um, but, um, you know, in some sense, having a set of tools that would allow them to reconfigure or change their applications on the fly, um, which typically involved IT help in the past or developer help in the past, um, you know, that's uh, really the movement that we're calling Zero Code, enabling business users to do such a thing. So, so it's more about making things easier. It isn't a direct replacement. Is that fair? So we're not saying by zero code, you're essentially changing the way IT functions or replacing that. You're simply saying that by introducing zero code to this environment that they work in, you're essentially making their lives easier. Is that fair? Uh, yes. And in fact, uh, you know, zero code environment itself uh, to develop such an environment requires a complex software to be built. And that's actually built by uh, developers. But uh, developers now are uh, having the ability to build tools uh, that allow business users to come in and dynamically reconfigure these applications that they've built for them on the fly. Uh, which is a very powerful capability. So rather than, uh, you know, uh, developers kind of doing rote jobs, uh, mechanical things, you know, repeating them over and over again, they now have given some powerful uh, tools to their uh, business counterparts who can come in and reconfigure the applications on the fly and these applications themselves in some sense, um, you know, generate on the fly, you know, config code, um, configuration code, um, in some cases, even execution code, uh, just from, uh, you know, the tools that have been built for them. Uh, now, the advantage here is that, um, you know, everyone wins, uh, you know, business users can get to market much quicker uh, and IT folks can uh, continue innovating at the rapid pace that they want to rather than get caught in uh, doing road functions that business wants them to perform. Uh, so that is sort of uh, the, the core concept. Uh, it actually improves everyone's productivity significantly. So we talk a lot about digital transformation on the show. So I want to bring that back into the conversation um, over the last decade, this era of innovation has really pushed a lot of enterprises to be API-driven and to leverage their API-based platforms. And we know at the end of the day, enterprises really want to use them to gain a competitive edge by modernizing their processes and also giving their business users more power. So with that being said, I know that creating APIs is very developer-centric. So in my mind, I'm trying to understand what is the relationship between zero code and APIs? So this is a really, really good question. Um, and, um, you know, you know, just to sort of think about it, uh, the question here simply is to say, what's the relationship between such zero code environments and uh, what enterprises have been on already, uh, the API journey, right? So now stepping back, this requires just a little bit of a definition of what APIs themselves are. APIs basically, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, application programming interfaces are a standard way by which an application or a service uh, interacts with other applications or other services, uh, right? So, you know, by exposing all the relevant uh, 
features using an API, uh, one can more easily uh, interact with that system without knowing all the details of how that system works. For example, uh, if someone's developing a new, um, uh, you know, sort of a, a web portal, um, and uh, there is some e-commerce uh, that they want to enable um, on their product uh, as part of uh, the portal design that they've, uh, they've, they've done, uh, there are a whole range of powerful API tools now available from a range of companies, right? Um, that allow them to do credit card integration, um, you know, all the stuff. And all of that is possible today because of APIs. Now, how does zero code fit in into this model? Now, if you sort of think about it, what APIs allowed was, it, it, it was sort of the prerequisite that allowed uh, very complex applications to be built much faster. In the past, uh, everyone individually had to go and figure out how to connect to various, um, you know, uh, credit card, you know, applications. Uh, but once Stripe and many other companies now, Square, many other people offer uh, these interfaces, PayPal, many of them offer these interfaces, these API interfaces, uh, you uh, as a developer can very easily bring up and set up credit card-based payment applications, um, you know, but, but you still have to be a developer uh, to use these APIs. Now, um, what Zero Code does is, is builds on top of the foundation that APIs have already laid. So, for example, if you've actually, uh, you know, have API integration that's available to a whole bunch of payment mechanisms, uh, imagine a business user coming in and saying, hey, I now have a, a partnership with MasterCard uh, and I want to enable this MasterCard partnership. And the business user can actually chart the workflow uh, that they want to put in place for the particular application that they're developing and can um, enable MasterCard as a payment mechanism for that application without actually writing a line of code. Because in the zero code way, uh, not only are the APIs uh, leveraged, but you've actually built additional tools uh, in functionality into your application uh, that allows that type of dynamic configurability. For example, tomorrow you might say, uh, the partnership with MasterCard has expired. We now are exclusively partnering with Visa. Again, business users can actually make a change uh, without going to IT and saying, uh, let's now deprecate the old one and let's implement a new set of uh, APIs for connecting to, to, to this. Uh, in a sense, in the zero code platform, you're enabling business users to do things even faster uh, because of this underlying digital transformation trend that's been going on using APIs. So in some sense, zero code, I would say, benefits tremendously from all the progress that enterprises have made in the last 10 plus years uh, in bringing an API driven uh, environment. Um, you know, so it just, it just builds on, on top of that. So while we're on the topic of digital transformation and discussing topics like APIs, we also hear a lot about ML and AI. So I'm wondering, does zero code compete? Is it complementary? And where does it fit in when it comes to things like ML, AI, and then digital transformation as a whole? Yeah. So, you know, uh, at the end of it, uh, digital transformation is a broad terminology that basically says that uh, what enterprises are trying to do is automate as many of the uh, workflow processes and steps uh, that were, you know, either, uh, you know, completely manual or semi-automated in the past. Uh, and the idea is to gain greater efficiency, uh, give greater insights and, and better experience to their clients um, in, in some sense, even respond much quicker to the market. Right. So that's the, the, the broader, uh, you know, uh, goal of digital transformation. And in the process, uh, you know, uh, all enterprises have gone through a journey where uh, they are enhancing their client experience, their user experience, uh, 
um, you know, by uh, by uh, by upgrading their infrastructure, uh, by building uh, newer, more intelligent applications that automate many things for their many things for their clients. Now, um, you know, uh, AI and machine learning are are two aspects that people have tried to incorporate uh, to enhance the user experience. So, uh, artificial intelligence essentially is a way by which you are allowing, um, you know, your user experience to be significantly better. Rather than have too many human steps, uh, you're allowing uh, applications to be intelligent. Um, and uh, users to have uh, and your clients to have the ability to uh, to do many things without necessarily um, you know uh, having to call a human somewhere in the middle of uh, a step or a process or an exception or an error case. Um, so that's what kind of uh, the goal of AI is. And in machine learning, um, you know what you're doing now is taking it even one step further uh, as. Uh, you are looking at the existing business processes. Uh, the applications themselves are learning and getting better and better over time, uh, and automating things even better. Right. So that's AI and ML uh, uh, and, and and their role today in digital transformation. Now, where does zero code fit in here? Again, uh, zero code is somewhat, uh, you know, I would say uh, complementary and in some sense orthogonal to these kinds of ideas. Uh, the idea at the end of the day is to improve overall enterprise productivity and not, as we mentioned earlier, not everyone in the enterprise is always working uh, as a developer or as a uh, as a machine learning modeler or something like that. There are others that are in various other product and business roles, um, you know, uh, many other different, uh, you know, functional groups. Um, and uh, the idea here is to enable all of these folks uh, to be uh, part of the product development process. Uh, and so by having standard API, standard interfaces, all of them can be productive. In some sense, imagine um, you know, a, a vast array, a library of AI and machine learning tools, along with other APIs and others, uh, interfaces and everything being available in some drag and drop way uh, for business users. Now they can come in and actually set up a lot of their applications uh, that include AI, machine learning, and complex interfaces, but without writing too much code. Uh, there is still a lot of developer work needed to set up such an environment. We're not saying uh, zero code uh, is, uh, is replacing developers. Uh, what it is, is it's actually bringing the power of technology and digital transformation in the hands of <coughs> users and, um, and uh, you know, non uh, you know, what are traditionally called as developers. Uh, it is still a very technical challenge to actually build these applications, yet um, more people are brought under the umbrella uh, of um, being able to build the new products uh, for the enterprise, which in turn makes the enterprise far more productive. Uh, and sort of that's sort of the connection between between uh, AI, ML, and, uh, and, and this. They're, they're sort of complementary, uh, not replacing one another. Uh, you know, you could have AI and ML and enable it with zero code so that more people can use benefit and, and configure things. So you said something a, a second ago about, in essence, giving power to the business users, right? And, and I understand, I think on the surface, uh, you know, the premise there is to say that, well, business users are uh, really the, the, the experts there in terms of uh, that, that, um, that flow, that, that, that you know, set of rules that they have to build, all of those things. They are the ones that know exactly what needs to happen and, and what they need to do in order to gain those benefits, right? But I'm curious in your mind, what are some other advantages? Because it sounds like we're, we're really talking about empowering business users even more than they are today. 
And that's, I'm, I'm curious, what is it in your mind that what, what, what kind of benefits or advantages can we really get if we were able to really empower those business users moving forward? I think, uh, you know, the, the first major thing is basically time to market. As we mentioned, there are many, many uh, people that are part of a new product development process in any enterprise. Um, and uh, many, many uh, business ideas benefit from being first to market, early to market. You know, we all know uh, how time to market is one of the key, uh, you know, criterion for business success. Now, the challenge in uh, new product development is that, you know, there are product and business folks who are coming up, uh, maybe ideating, conceptualizing it. Uh, now, the ideation could happen by developers as well. We're not saying no. Um, in the case of, uh, you know, the new product being entirely developer driven, uh, you know, then the person knows how to go develop the product, uh, you know, and, and therefore, uh, you know, they go off and develop the product and that works. And there are many, many startups, many companies, many successful examples of developers who have themselves turned, uh, the, uh, the, uh, have built the first product for the company uh, and have built a very successful, uh, you know, uh, enterprise. Uh, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg is an example of it. He built the very first uh, Facebook uh, site himself uh, and, and has turned into a very successful entrepreneur. And in the last 15 years, there are many, many people like Mark Zuckerberg who actually are developers who ideated, created the first pro version of the product themselves uh, entirely um, and, and have built many, many successful companies. Uh, but there are others, uh, you know, Steve Jobs is an example. Steve Jobs wasn't quite, uh, you know, the developer. Uh, his partner, Steve Wozniak, was actually the hardware whiz uh, and the technical genius behind uh, Apple earlier uh, on the technical side. But as we all know, Steve, uh, you know, uh, was sort of the, the brains behind uh, what the actual product was and the product vision was. And today we all kind of think of Apple, while we give a lot of credit to Steve Wozniak, uh, you know, Steve Jobs is considered, you know, the foundational father of Apple, right? In, in, in that case, Steve is actually more of a business user. Now, the idea is, uh, you know, uh, what we are enabling with this kind of zero code, uh, you know, model of enabling business users is to get to market faster, is to enable the next generation of business and product leaders to come in and launch products much quicker, much faster, uh, because the underlying infrastructure and products have been built in such a way uh, that it allows business users to come in and dynamically reconfigure them, change them, uh, create completely new functionality without writing uh, too much code. Uh, so that is sort of the biggest advantage that I could say, um, you know, time to market is sort of the real reason why uh, we think zero code is uh, is going to be uh, one of those dominant technology themes over the next 10 years uh, within the enterprise landscape. You'll see many, many companies uh, start to talk a lot more about zero code. Um, you know, it's very early. It's in its infancy. Um, We're one of the early companies that are building complex enterprise applications entirely in zero code. Uh, but you'll see many more followers coming into the space quickly. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, as we are taping this show right now, we're in the midst of a global pandemic, right? And so what, what is happening in real time is that you're seeing a series of, of pretty radical changes in business because we have no choice, right? Um, uh, you know, not a few days ago, I remember seeing a poll on LinkedIn that talked about how COVID is probably the most uh, influential factor uh, in recent times that's pushing people towards digital transformation because you really don't have much of a choice, right? So when you take take the the concept of time to market and you uh, really expand on that, that you could wake up in a completely different 
uh, global environment tomorrow? And how are you able to quickly adapt to that? Again, I think brings us back to just how important and pertinent it is to give the business users that power so that you don't have to rely on these traditional business connections between business and IT. Maybe, you know, proximity is an issue today that you could be able to address by giving the people who are the SMEs the opportunities to uh, sort of take the, the necessary steps so that you're not falling behind, say, compared to your competition. Well said, David. Couldn't have put it any better. And uh, that's exactly it. Uh, and, uh, you know, COVID uh, itself is driving some of these digital transformations. And you're absolutely right. Um, you know, you know, zero code is yet another tool, uh, a very powerful tool, uh, given sort of the chaotic nature of uh, current enterprise, uh, you know, business environment. Um, you know, you're not relying on others. You're not going back to the traditional ways of doing things. You're kind of saying, uh, I, the business user, I'm empowered because there are a set of tools that my enterprise has built, which allows me to create new products and ideas and change the existing business models uh, without going to ID and uh, without going to IT. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's applicability in today's world is just remarkable. So you're, you're absolutely right. So something I want to clarify for our listeners is in the literal sense, does zero code really mean no code? In, in other words, can enterprises still implement zero code strategies and still make sophisticated applications that solve these complex problems in the enterprise space? Yeah, so it's again, uh, you know, uh, what does zero code really mean? Um, and uh, what is it What is it really all about? And, I, and I'll give you a simple example. Microsoft Excel uh, is probably the most common uh, business tool that is used worldwide. Right. I mean, it's just it's just a phenomenally successful product, uh, you know, in it. And primarily it's targeted towards business users, uh, you know, but everybody, everybody at some point in the enterprise has used uh, Microsoft Excel. Um, and you really don't need to be a, a developer to use Microsoft Excel. Uh, you can drag and drop and do very, very sophisticated applications uh, using Microsoft Excel. But guess what? Uh, there are power users of Microsoft uh, Excel. Uh, these are business users. Uh, it could be accounting people, financial people. Uh, it could be all kinds of people in all kinds of walks of life, marketing people, anybody, right? Um, and they can uh, build very sophisticated uh, spreadsheets uh, using the capabilities that are there in Microsoft Excel for both, uh, you know, writing simple macros to more sophisticated, you know, uh, entire UI driven applications uh, with it. Again, it's considered a zero code platform uh, simply because uh, you can do all kinds of stuff using uh, using that surface and that layer. Uh, so when it comes to zero code, it doesn't mean that uh, the platforms for zero code uh, are inflexible, don't allow developers to come in and expand. Uh, first, The first thing I want to say is that zero code platforms themselves are built by developers. Uh, they're built using APIs. Uh, they're extended using APIs and all the functionality come from APIs. Uh, so that's sort of, you know, one basic, uh, you know, concept. The next piece is that uh, in a zero code platform like uh, the Piernova platform, uh, our Kineform platform, uh, we provide uh, business users with all kinds of tools uh, for scripting, um, you know, for uh, enhancing the functionality, uh, for giving them a dynamic code generation uh, ability um, in very sophisticated, almost programmatic ways, but much easier. Uh, UI driven, um, you know, uh, workflow driven, um, you know, business process driven. 
um, as opposed to being very uh, uh, looking like a, like just lines of code that you're seeing on a screen. Um, you know, so uh, you can mix and match both paradigms. Um, you know, our platform allows you to um, you know expose the low-level APIs, and you and if you're a developer, you can come in and develop that way. Uh, if you're a power user, you can come in and build scripts on top of our platform. Um, and uh, if you, on the other hand, want to get your application out to market very quickly, just using uh, the constructs we've given, you can do that too. So all options exist. Uh, and so zero code is a is a is a terminology that's today used to encompass this wide variety of uh, technologies uh, that allow uh, you know non-developers to be highly productive uh, in a highly configurable, uh, dynamic, changing enterprise environment. So it's it's really more about complementing what IT already does with the use of business users and really moving forward in in congruency. Right? It isn't a conversation about replacing one with the other. It's more about how do you actually increase the, the opportunities that you have to work together and focusing on each and every group's uh, strengths versus having to just getting, you know, focusing on everything all at once, right? I hope that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's 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 exactly right. That's that's essentially what you're talking about. It's it's complementary. Uh, it allows IT to be successful in the areas that they're really successful in, but it allows business users uh, an ability to rapidly get to market because the underlying infrastructure, uh, the applications have been built in such a way uh, that uh, they have a very, very high level of configurability where you can literally build um, new applications so to speak, uh, just by changing the configuration of the existing application, which is what we're talking about in zero code. So I want to bring this conversation back to why our platform is so self-serve centric in its approach, right? Because uh, it is important that we, I think it, it's, it's great that we can cover the basics and why zero code matters. But I do want to kind of continue this conversation as it pertains to our platform, right? Because ultimately we've we've made this decision to make zero code such a big part of our offering uh, in our Cuneiform platform that I think it's, it's worth mentioning what are some of the benefits, the advantages that we think we can give enterprises by simply giving them our tool. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I mentioned this whole time to market and there are very, uh, you know, uh, detailed steps behind this uh, time to market. And as you can think about in an enterprise context, uh, you know, people want to uh, prototype ideas very quick. Um, and uh, in a lot of the complex software applications, it's very hard to actually have business users prototype themselves. So one major advantage of zero code uh, that is really applicable for uh, time to market is this notion that we call uh, you know, a, a, a business user sandbox. Uh, a business user uh, can actually uh, take one of these environments, uh, can mock uh, you know, their entire application uh, with a few clicks of a button, uh, set up new you know, pipelines, connect to new applications, create entirely new functionality, uh, perform analytics, uh, gain insights, um, and, and take some, some um, you know, pretty important steps in their, uh, in their journey to building a full application uh, in the sandbox environment. And uh, it's a very safe environment for them to actually do this very quickly, iterate, um, and uh, even understand uh, the nature of their application, its potential benefits. Um, so that's one, 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 one major advantage uh, in Zerico. Uh, the second major advantage is, uh, is the one that we kind of emphasized early on. There are lots of domain experts within uh, the um, uh, enterprise. Uh, in the financial industry, there are specialists who understand truly uh, regulatory requirements for specific regula uh, regulations in each of the geographies. 
Now, the challenge has been always that, uh, you know, regulatorily driven environments, um, you know, are very challenging to write new applications in, you know, lots of regulations, lots of restrictions and all of that. Imagine being able to, uh, you know, be able to, uh, you know, try out your regulatory apply uh, applications, your regulatory report generation mechanisms, uh, just as a business user, uh, much faster. Uh, so in this case, you're actually enabling uh, domain knowledge experts uh, to be more productive. Uh, so this actually turns into more productivity for the entire enterprise and eventually, uh, you know, lower cost. Um, and, um, and then in the last piece uh, that I that I want to emphasize here, there's been a big digital transformation trend towards moving towards the cloud. Um, and uh, what the cloud allows you to do is sort of more uh, dynamically and horizontally scale your application in terms of performance, volume, velocity, uh, variety, things like that. And uh, zero code, um, you know, um, you know, uh, really amplifies those benefits. Now you can really kind of take advantage of the cloud, uh, build some things very scalable, um, and uh, and uh, again, as a business uh, person, can bring uh, new products uh, to market uh, much faster. These were sort of some of the reasons that drove uh, Cuneiform, uh, our platform, uh, towards adopting zero code as its uh, you know, primary mechanism of delivery. Uh, the idea here is to empower business users to do digital transformations uh, and end-to-end uh, -end automation of applications uh, that require data quality, process integrity, data timeliness, and end-to-end -end visibility. So this is the underlying platform that Cuneiform uh, platform offers uh, in being able to uh, offer for uh, in zero code, uh each of these functionalities means that uh, in the financial industry, applications like um, you know uh, clearing, settlement, uh, you know reconciliations, uh, you know uh, liquidity optimization, um, you know pricing applications, um, you know regulatory applications, all of this can be built much faster by business users. So that's sort of uh, you know uh, the uh, vision that uh, Piernova undertook and uh, has implemented. That's great. Um, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to go over these things with us. I, I always like to kind of summarize what we talked about. So I think in essence, what we're really trying to do with Zero Code here is a, a couple of things. First of all, we're really giving um, the business users who are the subject matter experts the opportunities to make faster decisions. And that plays into the time to market that we discussed earlier. The other piece that I think is really important and we'll probably bring you back, Engish, when, when time permits to talk about just that piece is the sandbox factor. It's the iterative process that we talk about often because I don't have to say how important it is, particularly when you're dealing with financial information to begin with, to have an opportunity where you can actually have an iterative process to creating new rules and be able to test them before they're implemented. And that's something that is, is such a huge core offering, a core competency, if you will, of our platform. And third, and, and I think, like you said, the, the other piece to all of this, which I think is also another foundational thing, is that it allows you to be uh, more flexible in terms of the interoperability or, or the deployment model or whatever, because now you have, an, you have a tool that's built to make your life easier. I think that, to me, is, is really what we're talking about. It's about um, giving people power empowering them to make decisions faster, but also making their lives a lot easier. So uh, I hope I didn't miss too many things there, but Gangesh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Um, but it's, it's, it's always great to have you. 
thanks, uh, Naveed, and uh, thanks, Sonia. Uh, and I hope our listeners uh, got uh, an insight into this uh, really powerful emerging trend about uh, zero-code platforms for enterprise automation and digital transformation. Um, and so great to be on the show. As always, thanks for listening to Digital Switch. You can find us, subscribe to us, and share us on your favorite podcast streaming service, digitalswitch.show, and recently on YouTube. You can also stay up to date on podcast episodes, blog posts, videos, and all things Purenova at purenova.com and at Purenova Inc. on Twitter. That's all from us, everyone. Have a great week and stay safe.